Now I'm just showing off at how fast I am. <laughs> wow, look at you go, girl. I had to make up for yesterday. <laughs> You're like, watch me now. Yeah, just trying to eat my dust. <laughs> Hello, you darling. Almost, you almost got in here before I did. <laughs> oh, that would have been very cool. <laughs> I could have ribbed you about that for the rest of our days. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, Remember that time when we were? <laughs> Remember when? <laughs> like, damn, How are you doing, better. darling? <laughs> Good. I got to be fast around you. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me get a little more coffee. That'll work. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That'll help. <laughs> more caffeine. Oh, yay. Oh, my gosh. All right. So let us. I want to just jump right in because. Go for it. Yesterday. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start. Hey, this is Kristen Clark <laughs> with Unmasked and Ramona Gailey. And of course we're giggling and laughing because that's just the way it is. Um, you know, I, my goal is that these podcasts are like listening in on a hilarious conversation, you know, like you're just listening to two girlfriends chat because that's where, you know, the best stuff comes from. Um, so Ramona, yesterday we did a podcast. And of course, at the very end, she happens to mention a gold mine that she, you know, kept under wraps and kept to herself. <laughs> and it's called Bod Shift. And this woman has lost 50 pounds. I'm going to let her tell her own story. But yeah, I want to know all about this. I want because, you know, let's just go. <laughs> Well, Kristen, it's great to be back. It seems like I was just here yesterday. I don't know I how know. It... <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you wanted to know about bod shift and yes. like what led up to it. So and I was trying to think about the timeline uh, between yesterday and today. I think it's been less than 24 hours. <laughs> so um, which is fun. So yeah, so I was learning all about law of attraction and applying it and having great results and starting to teach it and coach it and all this stuff. And my it was it was still oh, oh and I had gotten into the hot seat with Abraham once. Oh. In the very first year that I that I started listening, and I asked a couple of questions, and then I asked the question that I know that I was meant to ask, which I wasn't actually intending to ask, and that was, uh, you know, you keep telling us that, um, and by then I had completely immersed myself in their teachings. I was listening, you know, practically around the clock and reading their books and watching their videos and all this stuff. So I said, you know, so you keep like repeatedly over and over and over saying that our guidance comes through our feelings. And so, but, but I'm a, but, you know, you keep saying that and I believe you, but I'm trying to understand, do you mean feelings like emotions or feelings like body sensations? And if you mean bodies, if you mean emotions, can you have an emotion like not in your body? Because sometimes you feel an emotion in your body and sometimes, you know, I don't. And so they were very clear, like it is always in your body. Every emotion is a physical has a physical location and and sensation usually in your body and I was like wow really because I had been kind of like disconnected from my body most of my adult life well all of my adult life most of my total life and I'd been kind of working on on that you know here and there and made a lot of progress but I hadn't really like focused on it so once they told me that 
I just went after that. I just started digging deep into that. And I started having all kinds of massive like breakthroughs and results and stuff. And, uh, but my weight, I had, um, I was, I was about probably 70 pounds overweight at that point. And, um, and everything that I had done in terms of law of attraction, you know, it says law of attraction dictates you don't focus on the problem, you focus elsewhere. And so I would just focus elsewhere. And so, and, you know, eat whatever you feel led to eat. And so I did. And so, and I kept gaining weight. And so it was very frustrating to me that I was, I thought I was applying all the principles. And of course I was in action, <laughs> but not in vibration, as we know, there's a huge difference, just a little tiny bit of a difference. <laughs> You're speaking to the choir. <laughs> yeah, I know I am. And I love that. So anyway, so um, I finally, I finally like turned a corner on it. I had practiced it so much that, that it started to really click. I met some, some people. It was actually on an, or it's actually before an Abraham cruise. We all met in Barcelona and stayed in a flat together, uh, which I do now. Whenever I go on, a, on an Abraham cruise, a bunch of us get together and it's different people each time, but it's a wonderful way to, to get to know other Abrahamsters, as we call ourselves, and spend time together, quality, you know, relaxed time before the cruise. And so I met these two, a husband and wife couple who have become like my best friends and they live in Australia and um, they started talking about what they had been doing and so I got this really strong impulse it's like this is it this is the path this is it and so I just started kind of doing what they had been doing you know and just feeling really in in sync with it and anyway i lost 50 pounds that's the the, the medium size length version <laughs> of the story <laughs> i lost 50 pounds and i was at the time 59 to, to 60 years old and um and then i got interviewed to be in uh ronda Ryder's new book delicious alignment okay. and um and it was it was it was wonderful being able to like focus in a concrete way on my so-called accomplishments, you know, and, and, and in fact, I, it, when I talked to her, the first time I talked to her, I had, I had lost 30 pounds of the uh, total 70 that I wanted to lose, but I was totally in sync with it. It was no problem. There's no timeline, like very much in alignment. And, um, but I got really motivated after I talked to her because she had been mostly talking to women who had lost more than 50 pounds. She wanted that to be like the very specific focus of her book. And so I thought, I got a little competitive with myself in a really aligned way. And I have to tell you, competition has always, you know, in the past had always been an out of alignment thing for me. I had never, you know, really felt comfortable at all with anybody's competition, mine or anybody else's, me against me or me against anybody else. You know, it always had some resistance in, built into it. And so this was probably the first time that I can concrete look at and say, I had a little, a little, challenge with myself that was in total alignment it felt wonderful it was fun it was exhilarating it was it was cure I was curious you know what about this what about that and I started changing different things and just feeling into it and doing exactly the way they tell you to <laughs> so which, amazing amazing I lost you know the, the the other 20 pounds that I was that I was hoping to lose and so with that combination of experience and um, in, com in combination with what I was learning from Oprah, because by then I was receiving Oprah, and somehow it just created this, this perfect storm. And then I saw that the, the clients that Oprah and I were attracting, uh, it eventually, and, and I'll tell you what, exactly when this really hit me, when 
a client that we had been working with for over six months, maybe nine months, I'm not sure how long, but over six months. And she had talked about everything under the sun, family members, work, you know, everything, everything except her body. And, and then one day it came out and she said, she disclosed a, a really pretty um, strong momentum history of anorexia and bulimia, including uh, psychic, psychiatric institutionalizations and all this kind of stuff, like really strong momentum. Wow. And um, so we, we were, Oprah worked with, uh, with her a bit on that and she had a massive breakthrough and then more and more and more breakthroughs on her body. And um, she is now completely symptom free. I'm not saying she's healed. I'm saying she just doesn't have any more of those symptoms. Yeah. And, and so that was the, the first kind of like, wait a minute, I lost weight. She released this thing about, you know, having to, about having not enough weight. I mean, it's all related to, you know, being thinner than you think you are. And, 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 you know, it's like the, it feels like the opposite from eating too much and being overweight. Her thing felt like the exact opposite, but it was all about the body. And so then I, and, and I knew everything that, you know, that I had worked on since, um, since Abraham had told me that, and it just all came together in this like amazing, like aha moment. And I was like, wait a minute, let's just focus on the body here in, in relation to everything else that I've learned up to this moment. And, and it just, it was like a download. You know how authors sometimes say they get a download and they just write a book, you know, or they write a piece of music and it just comes to them. That's the way this, <laughs> this course came to me. It was like, there's three things. There's a, there's a, you know, there's a, <laughs> I mean, it's, it was, it was, I, I can't even talk fast enough because it's like, <laughs> like a fire hose. And so I created this whole paradigm and this this really simplistic way of approaching it and um and started teaching it and people really responded and it just resonates and it's so so here's the bottom line on it and I touched on it a little bit yesterday but I'll do it again in case some of your listeners didn't hear that one so we know that we want to be in alignment that's how we feel good that's how we make good decisions that's how we can be in touch with our with our inner being and being in alignment that can frequently feel like an emotional or an intellectual or, or a spiritual thing. But if you think about it, the original, you know, usual mainstream uh, definition of alignment is like you get your car aligned, you get your back aligned. It's a very physical, you know, you line things up in a row, you know, your ducks in a row, you know, alignment. It's a very physical, tangible, tactile thing. And, and so, and so it is, and so it is with our guidance, our inner being, our source, God, however, however you see that paradigm for yourself, is speaking to us through our emotions and our sensations, both our feelings, our feelings, our, our emotions, and our bodies. And if we cannot be in alignment with our bodies, we are short-circuiting the entire process the entire system that we are born with it is our birthright it's our freedom it's our connection it's everything that we're looking for when we're looking for love we're looking for this we're looking for this when we want someone to love us we want you know someone to to marry we want someone to hire us we want someone to pay us a lot of money we want abundance we want freedom this is what we're looking for we're looking for our own alignment with all that is 
And if it goes through the body and you hate your body or you don't trust your body or you're afraid of your body or you're just a little bit worried about your body, it's really challenging to align with your body. And so I decided this is it. This is this is one of the major things I want to do is I want to start teaching. And I, and I, when you're talking about your body, you know, I just feel like it's just very natural for us to, to divide into genders because, you know, men have one body and women have a different body. And, and there seems to be a lot of different feelings and vibrations about our body. So I decided I want to focus just with women. I wanted us to be able to talk about menopause or orgasms or menstruation or anything, you know, that, that women would feel comfortable talking with other women. And so, and, and also I just see that so many women tend to, we tend to um, absorb and internalize the um the messages that our culture tends to put out which is that um you know women are only good for one thing or they should never do that thing it's icky and evil or it's the only thing that matters and it's all about our bodies and our bodies should look like this and they should look like that and they shouldn't look like this and they shouldn't look like that and so we have all these like back and forth contradicting uh demeaning sometimes or however you want to see it messages about our bodies and about our sexuality and so uh, so, of course, you know, it would be easy to be out of alignment it, uh, with those with that history. And so I want to just teach every woman on the planet how to love your body again, no matter what shape it's in, no matter what size it is, no matter how fat or thin or tall or short or old or young or dark or white or like no matter what, even if you're missing limbs, even if even if whatever, like our bodies are so beautiful just the way they are. And when when a woman starts to really feel that, not just think, oh, I should think that, but to actually feel it, the transformation is dynamic. It's it's a, it's beyond belief. It's beyond description. It is so beautiful. And I love being the facilitator of that particular uh, transition in myself as well as in anybody else who's who's open to it, looking for it. Is that enough? <laughs> Jet, drop the mic. We're done. <laughs> Holy cow. I was saying you were on fire yesterday. Oh, no. You were only smoldering yesterday. <laughs> Damn. Okay. 15 minutes just went by in a blink of an eye. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm like serious. I was like going, okay, that was about five minutes that she did that. And I looked and I went, oh, shit, that wasn't 15 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It is amazing what happens when people get in their flow. Yeah. And this is capital F, capital L O W <laughs> because wowzy, wowzy, baby, you just hit your jackpot. <laughs> you know, you're you're passionate about a lot, but this is beyond you being passionate. This is woo-hoo-hoo-hoo, talk about alignment. I love what you said about alignment. Oh my God. I love that about the car and yeah, our body, what happens if they're not in alignment? Things are always gonna be wobbly. Oh my god, I love what you said. <laughs> uh, I know I, I couldn't write fast enough. I was just like trying to write down little things. Well, and especially, oh my gosh, when you said, if you don't trust your body, you know, and and I'm not even sure you said this, but I got it. It was like, if you can't trust your body, how are you going to trust anything else? How are you not going to trust money, your relationships, your people, all those things, how it 
because I always tell when I I'm a nutritionalist coach. I got my degree in what? kinesiology. <laughs> How is this just now coming out? I know, girl. <laughs> I always tell everybody I'm a jack of all trades and a pro at none. Um, I, there is, I swear to God, there's nothing I haven't at least dabbled in. It's like, oh, let's try this, let's try that. Um, so yeah, I. And, but you know, they really focus on nutrition. They, of course, they, you know. Uh, protein, blah, 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 blah. Action, action, always, action. I know. I know. And I've always, always, always felt it is 100. You know, if you think sugar is bad, guess what? You just created. <laughs> just and guess you what? Know. You don't even have to eat it for it to have a bad effect on you. You know how people say, oh, I just have to look at a cupcake and it goes right to my hips. They don't know how true. They think they're being funny. All you have to do is look at a cupcake and say, oh, my God, cupcakes are awful. Cupcakes make me fat. Cupcakes are poison. And then you're darn right they're going to your hip because you just vibrationally made it so. You just vibrationally ate it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that is. Oh, you are just you got a whole little treasure trove. Us stuffing you about all this because even that right there with the cupcakes, <laughs> you know, that is because that just took it to a whole nother level for me. Um, just just looking and thinking, oh my god, it is so crazy! Oh, and it's you know, it's especially I've been running fitness programs, I own my own fitness business, put women on diets for years and years and years, and it never sat right with me. And I, of course, we all can remember a time when we used to be able, well, I don't know about you, but uh, <laughs> I could always eat whatever I wanted and I never, ever gained weight. But I grew up with women saying all the time, the minute you get pregnant, that's going to change. If you get pregnant, it's going to change your metabolism. So guess what happened when I got pregnant? You know, and it's, it, it's, it's amazing how susceptible we are to other people's um i've got the most fantastic story i never i was one of those teenage girls that had the perfect body except you know i had no boobs but i had great cleavage at the ass i had, that's not where it goes you know that right? life, but, <laughs> man we always joke that you know my family's very german and they're always like oh Kristen got the van hatton ass and i'm like damn right i did i love my booty um, but <laughs> I'm like, you want to see cleavage? I'll show you back there. That's, there's my cleavage. But no, I, and I never, ever had cellulite, but I didn't grow up knowing about cellulite. I wasn't, I was very much a loner. I just played with my dolls. I didn't really have girls around doing the girl thing with me. So when it happened around 17 years old, I started hanging out with my stepsister and she was very popular at school. And the things that the boys would do is they'd run around to the girls wearing shorts and they'd try and squeeze and see if they can find cellulite. Yeah, it was just an excuse to touch the girls. I know. <laughs> and <laughs> those boys. And uh, I was like, what are they doing? And she goes, they're looking for cellulite. And I'm like, what's cellulite? And she looks at me at like, you know, like I just lost my head or something. And she goes, it's those dimples of fat. And I'm, I still, I had no idea what they were talking about. And so they actually got on one girl and she's like, see that that's cellulite. And I'm like, Ooh, that's gross. That's disgusting. And guess what happened about two weeks later? Whoa. Said, two yeah. Weeks. Mm -hmm. Two weeks, two weeks of fear 
all of a sudden I went into fear of, oh my God, I'm going to have that. And sure enough, boom, I started seeing cellulite. So it really, it, I mean, you are just right on it here with how amazing, because I've got so many questions for you in this. Well, just <laughs> unpack what you did. You took a focus, a very strong belief, a, a focus, a, a choosing of an, an imagining, you know, a visualizing, and you put strong emotion with it. What's that called? Manifesting. <laughs> you know what I Man, mean? I wish I could do this with yes no and, and but let's say said, darn unpack. thank god you can do that with anything you want all of us i can. know look at how amazing i am yes absolutely yeah. phenomenal it's the first thank thing you. i noticed about you <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's true my, my cellulite no just kidding. no <laughs> <laughs> i've completely gone away from that <laughs> Oh my God. I, you know what? Yes. I will own my amazingness. 100%. I mean, I was just like, man, and I'm so, so, so thrilled that I am now manifesting amazing women like you. Yes. Um, and peeps, I shouldn't say just women because, you know, Mark Toms, he's, oh my God, he's amazing. Well, they both are, but he's, they they both are just phenomenal. Yeah. 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 And, and I am all around me and I, that was a specific intention. I said, I am from now on out, I am manifesting powerfully aligned peeps Yep, and boom. And it, it, anyway, back to you, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, what you said about the whole trusting the body and how that it really does slop over into everything else. Once we start really aligning one part, you can't help but align everything else and just have it naturally happen. Absolutely. So talk on that a little bit. So, <laughs> you know, when I started, when I started listening to what Abraham had said, I can almost can almost draw a line in my life there because the previous line was when Betty died. I told you that I, I didn't tell you yesterday. I don't think that I was actually composing my suicide note. My only source of unconditional love had just departed the planet and I had absolutely no intention of staying. I hadn't thought it through before she died, but as soon as she died, I had a friend who was staying with me. And as soon as she left, it was like, okay, I've got, you know, four more things on my list to do. And I've got this list and I knew exactly how I would do it. I had palmed the uh, liquid morphine from the hospice. You know, I mean, I knew exactly, it was, it was a done deal. And yeah. the phone rang and it was Betty's best friend, Lordella, who'd been listening to Abraham for 25 years. And I'd never heard her talk about it. And I was crying and I was, I wasn't telling her what I was planning on doing, but I was telling her, you know, I was very upset. I was focused on something in particular. And she said, wait, 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 you got to stop thinking like that. And I was like, I, 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 well, yeah, obviously, but I don't know how I, I, you know, I was 55 years old or whatever, and I didn't know how to control my thoughts. And so to me, that was a, you know, a silly thing to say. And she was like, well, have you ever heard of Abraham Hicks? So anyway, so it led from there. So that's a very clear dividing line, you know, very memorable, very abrupt change from, you know, to, you know, and then switch direction and go in a complete, like, like an, a 180, right? So, but when, um, and I had started, I had started in fact, it was Mary Myers. I, I know you've got a, um, a podcast yeah. scheduled with her. And I talked about her a little bit yesterday. She started the group Blissipline. I was one of her very first members. And I started having physical sensations, 
you know, we probably got kids listening to this show at some point, so we won't get into too much detail, but I had a very physical manifestation going on in my life that I'd never experienced before. And then it was only about two months later that I had this conversation with Abraham. So that these things were, were tightly packed in those first seven or eight months. But up until that point, I had still really just been kind of listening, learning, reading the books. It was a very intellectual undersized studying. I could I could quote Abraham verbatim paragraph at a time, you know, and, and I did so. I went on all three cruises that first year and <laughs> met people who had been studying for 20 years and they were like, how long have you been studying? Uh, listening four weeks, uh, eight weeks, you know, and, and I was just really into it. But it was still just intellectual understanding. And then after that, that talk with Abraham, that's when it started to really shift for me and getting into the body. And so I, I have a really clear, you know, a lot of things I can look back over three years and say, well, somewhere along the line, I learned such and such, but I don't have such a clear demarcation of when it happened, you know, the pivot point. And in these particular instances, I have pivot points and I love that. I'm so concrete and I love, you know, I'm very linear in so many ways. Uh, although I'm letting go of that more and more all the time. But I really enjoy when something like, you know, when a plan comes together, as they say. And so there's this very linear pivot point, like at up till this point, it was all intellectual understanding and philosophical agreement and hope, you know. <laughs> and afterwards, it was a knowingness that started seeping into my bones, into my muscles, into my ligaments and tendons and cells. You know, I like to think about my my body just kind of slowly over time ab absorbing this message and just paving the way and paving the way and paving the way. And me insisting on approaching diet through action instead of vibration when I was approaching every single other thing in my life vibrationally, and then therefore my body responding by gaining weight, that was perfect. It was per, you know, I love the perfection of that. You know what? I've already forgotten your question. What? <laughs> what your question? No, 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 you're doing good. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, uh, you see, yeah, you asked me to talk about alignment. Okay, I've got it. So <laughs> alignment is so tactile for me. It's so kinesthetic. And I'm a kinesthetic processor anyway, which I, by the way, did not learn until I was about 50 years old. I thought I was a visual and auditory processor. And uh, even as an education um, student, you know, my, my uh, bachelor's degree is in education. And I knew all about that. But, but the way they taught it way back then, because that's how old I am, they taught that the kinesthetic kids were the ones that ran around and wouldn't sit still, you know, and didn't make very good students. And to this day, most teachers if they teach more than whatever their processing method is at all, they teach two and they'll teach visual and auditory. But very rarely do you find a, a teacher that's still, you know, that's, um, that's incorporating all three. And so for me to discover at age 50 that I was actually a primarily a kinesthetic processor, that was a big aha moment for me. And I can see even that as being like laying the groundwork for this, for this future knowledge and future self-discovery. So for me, all of this knowledge it just comes to life. It just absolutely blossoms when it finally gets into my body, into a knowingness, a cellular understanding, an emotional connection, an ability to actually feel like right now as I'm talking, I've got tingles going up and down the tops of my thighs and down my shins and into the tops of my feet. And so, and that's my body like resonating with me. It's like somebody took a mallet, went bong on a big <laughs> bell. You know, it's like resonating. Like they, you know, they talk all the time about vibration and resonance. I feel it in my body. And 
I don't think it's just because I'm a kinesthetic processor, although I did go through a, a time in my in my development as a as a law of attraction coach about three years ago where I started thinking, you know, maybe what I want to do is really work with people who are who are kinesthetic processors because um, this is something they absolutely have to know, you know, and, and I and I love teaching it. But I have decided since then that um, we are all kinesthetic processors. It does not have to be your primary processing method to be able to benefit, to actually require this, I'm going to call it a skill, because we were born with it, but then we forget it. And then when you forget something, you have to relearn it. And so we're born with it. It's a birthright. Once you've lost it, then it takes some practice and a little bit of training to get it back. But you start getting it back, man, it just starts flowing in like like the tide coming in. You know, it's just it knows exactly where to go. You don't have to tell it. You don't have to strategize or plan for it. It just flows into your body and it starts feeling better and better and better. It's like constant reinforcement. Yes, 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 yes. So what do you mean by kinesthetic processor? What does that mean? So, uh, so a visual processor is the, probably the one that's the best known, a visual artist, someone who watches the teacher and takes yes. notes and does well in school. That's the classic, you know, um, visual processor. An auditory processor is the musician, the person that likes to listen to music all the time, that is, um, you know, maybe even humming a tune most of the time. It's, it's the person who's more oriented towards the sound okay and a kinesthetic processor is the one that wants to take it apart and put it back together again and they don't have any patience for somebody standing at the front of a class and talking about it that doesn't connect with them at all just let me at it let me hold it let me touch it let me lick it let me take it apart give me a screwdriver go away you know, like i'm like this i have this tactile relationship with this this subject or this, you know, item or this person, whatever it is that I'm focused on right now, I want to touch it. I want to run my hands all over it. I want to rub up against it. I want to feel the vibration of it. I want to, it's a very physical, tactile. And so it's an academic uh, reference that kinesthetic, it refers to um, physical, physical knowledge, physical understanding of physical interactions. Okay. ADHD would be another a uh, layman's phrase for somebody who's kinesthetic you know it's a it's a diagnostic uh clinical label that they slap on and then they fill them full of drugs but uh if you teach them differently you get a completely different response that's all i'll say about that <laughs> if you teach them right okay i'll say that much about it <laughs> oh okay i'll say more no i'm just kidding <laughs> so for you um you know, we're not going to, we're not able to, God, I don't want to say that because this isn't true, but you know, I'm, you say that and I'm thinking engineer, you know, that's like a total engineer. They, they, you ask the, an engineer what time it is and they're going to tell you how the freaking watch was made and where it was <laughs> made and all the little intricate parts. And, and so being a kinesthetic processor, how has that served you when you are dealing with um, aligning your body from a not action oriented place. Say that question another way. <laughs> I know I'm sitting here going, did that make sense? Okay. So Abraham always tells us 
you know, it's not about the action. It's not about action. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, in, and to be more in tune with the inside, uh, we're talking feelings, feelings, feelings. It's all about the feelings first, put the, you know, that's the horse. Whenever we're trying to do action, that tends to be the horse behind the cart. It's paying attention to your right. feelings first. And so when we're in a kinesthetic processing, um, and you were able to lose that last 20 pounds by changing things. And I'm assuming you, when you said changing things, we're talking about from a kinesthetic processing, kinesthetic processing to me feels like, you know, lots of, lots of literally touching, touching and taking the, like you said, taking, taking things apart, take that gun apart, see how it actually works. Well, if in the external world, yes, but in the internal world, it's a knowingness. For example, and I have this wonderful example, the older of my two brothers, very kinesthetic. My, the the uh, sister that, that just um, passed away uh, was also a very kinesthetic processor, but she was older than me. So um, the my brother, I got to actually, you know, help raise and watch him. And he knew things on an intuitive level because he was so in his body. And when he got mad, he got mad. When I got mad, I got quiet because I was afraid of getting in trouble. And a lot of, because I was trying, I mean, I, I was confused, let's put it that way, because I have a very strong kinesthetic sense, but I was suppressing it from a very early age because, and part of it was because I saw how much trouble my brother Baird got into just simply for being himself. You know, the teachers don't like it when you won't sit still and be quiet. They punish you. They make you, they say, say things that, you know, if you're, if you're not really strong, you could start to internalize that, you know, there's something wrong with me. I'm dumb. I'm lazy. I'm whatever. And this is what's going on, you know, pretty much every day in, in a lot of classrooms across the United States and maybe even across the world. I'm not familiar so much with their teachings, but um, so, so internally it's a, it's a knowingness, it's a connectedness and we can all, I mean, even, even the visual and the auditory processes can all benefit from, from allowing more kinesthetic processing to be going on inside because that's where, that's where the whole game is. The feeling, it's not, it's not an externally imposed thing. I mean, it can be. It can be a sign from God, you know, and numbers lining up, one, 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 two, two, two. You know, a lot of people notice stuff like that. But it, but to me anyway, and this could be my kinesthetic uh, bias, but to me, it's a feeling inside my body. And when I feel it, I've got a yes. When I don't feel it, I got to know. Or if I, if it feels different or wrong, I've got to know. Like, that's how I'm making my decisions now. And believe me, <laughs> this is a massive turnaround. I've been a strategizer and a planner and a worrier the vast majority of my life up until just recently. It's a, it's wow. a complete sea change for me. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it, because I know if I can do it, anybody can do it because I was absolutely up in my head fighting my own natural inclinations as well as my natural resources. And, and I double dog guarantee you that 99% of American women are doing the same thing. I see it everywhere. Afraid to fart, afraid to sneeze. I mean, I'm, yes. you know what I'm saying? It's like everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, that is, ah, okay. So I'm, I'm just loving that whole term kinesthetic process. Of course, you know, <laughs> and, but um, so a minute ago when I was talking about cellulite, 
you said unpack what I learned. What did you mean by that? Just what I went on and said, which was that you manifested cellulite in as little as two weeks. Now, frequently it takes our bodies uh, lag just a little bit behind. You know, you can make an instant manifestation of a lot of things, but the body, but mostly just because of our beliefs about our bodies and our, you know, we have a lot of momentum that tells us, you know, scabs take a certain amount of time to heal, you know, and, and, and so, um, so. So manifesting something very physical in two weeks was actually a very powerful manifestational <laughs> act. You proved how powerful you are as a manifester. Yeah. You proved it. Yeah. You don't ever have to question that again. You've got a really strong, Tony Robbins would call that a, a tabletop. Your belief is a tabletop and you can put legs under there and you can that leg could be something that actually happened or you can just imagine it happened. That's something that actually happened. You've got a nice, strong tabletop, table leg to support the tabletop of belief that tells you that you are an incredibly powerful manifester. Powerful beyond belief. And you've yeah, got yeah. proof. Yeah. Oh God. I've got lots of proof. Yeah. You know, geez, when I sit down and I write down everything I can truly remember that are remarkable manifestations, like literally going, I want a red, this <laughs> didn't happen, but I want a red Corvette and the next day being gifted a red Corvette. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Literal, crazy, wonderful stuff to the point to where you're going, was this a manifestation or a premonition? Mm, what's the difference? Exactly. <laughs> I love that exactly. conversation. <laughs> I know, I know. That could be a fun conversation because that's definitely in my mind constantly. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, what's the freaking difference? Um, but back to Bod Shift. <laughs> you <laughs> and I take off left and right and all over the place. I, and it's so funny because I have it written here in bold letters to keep me on it <laughs> so that we don't go off. <laughs> that's <there>. funny. <laughs> I know, I know. There's That's my little bit of controller. <laughs> and my, my two-year-old, he constantly reminds my little grandson, he constantly reminds me that my, my controller is no longer needed. <laughs> like, we don't need that. Um, anyway, so... Oh, I love the, so, so how are you applying all this that you, you learned to this program pod ship, uh, bod ship? Well, so this is, this is what I, I received that, that it's really, really simple. You know, it, as we, as you and I have proven, uh, it's, you know, people who know a lot about something and are really passionate about it can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about it and just really enjoy talking about it. And that's not necessarily the easiest way for a beginner to the subject to really, I mean, it, when it's like a conversation like this, yeah, great. But if I put all of this into a course and tried to, you know, inject all of this information into somebody they're, they're, it's very possible they'll be overwhelmed or they'll be turned off by, by some aspect of it or, uh, you know, it, it just it, it's not as effective. And so, you know, like that was the premise of the entire TED Talk was take an expert and see if you can take that expert, whether it's um, physics or, you know, astronomy or whatever it is, and take some really complicated subject and put it into layman's terms and, and tell everything er everybody needs to know in five minutes. And so that was the challenge. And when they first started that, I'm really dating myself now, I'm sure, but <laughs> it was phenomenal. It was like, whoa, I find, I understand brain surgery in a way that I never could have if I'd read 10 textbooks. 
because that was too much information, too much detail, and assuming too much knowledge to begin with, or cross-referencing, you know, in a way that's, you know, it becomes a labyrinth and you can't follow it. Whereas if you put it in layman's terms and you construct it and you squeeze it into five minutes, like the absolute bare essential. So that's kind of what, what, what I received, you know, so there, there's only one rule. I mean, this is the way I received it. Okay. And this is the way I teach it. I teach it exactly the way I received it. There is only one rule to follow, do whatever it takes to feel good. And then there's, there's descriptions of that. There's, there's examples of it, you know, and it's frequently not what you think it'll be uh, because of all the rules that you've been taught. It's frequently, you're trying to jump too far. You know, it's just feel a little bit better. You know, there's a couple of qualifiers to it, but it's a basic one rule, not 10 rules, not 177 rules, like one of the books <laughs> that I read before Abraham. There is one rule to follow, do whatever it takes to feel good. And it's a rule. You have to commit to following that, that rule. And then there's one skill to hone, really simple, one skill to keep practicing. Learn to discern what actually feels good. Because we just said that it's sometimes it's hard to tell what feels good. That's a skill. You knew it when you were born. You knew it when you were two years old. If somebody ever tried to do anything to you that you didn't like, you screamed bloody murder. You knew exactly what felt good, but you learned over and, and I, we all, we learned by, you know, a lot of repetition from the people around us to not be able to tell what feels good. And so that's the skill. And then there's only one habit to develop. And it takes a while to develop a habit. It takes some practice, but it's really just a habit and it kind of fades into the background. And that's to allow a natural progression. Yeah. And let everything unfold. Stop pushing and driving and trying and striving and earning and proving. Just let it unfold. Just let it unfold. And if you just, and they, so even, even, even though there's only one thing and then one thing and then one thing, if we kept going, that would be too many things. So that's just three total things. One skill, one rule, one habit. I don't, what's the, what is that one thing? Oh yeah. Okay, great. I can do that. Wait a minute. What's that one? Okay, great. I can do, I've got this. I know once I've practiced this at least a little bit and understood it and talked about it a little bit and incorporated it in my body a little bit, <laughs> then I can start to apply it as things come up. You know, I stubbed my toe. I dropped my glass and broke it. So-and-so just called and yelled at me. I lost my job. You know, it doesn't matter how big or small it is. It gives you a chance to practice it. And when you're practicing it, and this is the other part of what I teach is how to, you know, it's all stuff that you already know, but I've yeah. taken the parts that appeal to me that are taught in a very, again, easy to understand way, short lessons, short videos, most of them, you know, have a video. Sometimes it's, it's just an exercise or something, but it's almost always a video attached to it. Not 20 and 50 minute videos, five to eight to maybe nine minute videos, really easy to absorb. And then you can think about it and think about it and practice it a little bit and come back and then you can ask a question or two. It's a very easy, um, just, I don't know, law of attraction way of absorbing the information and it's life-changing. It's just, it's life-changing. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and I love that you're just like only one rule, only one rule. Yeah. And it, it, and it really needs, you know, we always say what do unto others as you would have others do unto you. That's the one golden rule. I swear at this point, this needs to be the golden rule. Do whatever it takes to feel good. Absolutely. 
it we knew this when we came in mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. and you know my I, I don't know you probably saw the video today I put up of my little two-year-old grandson. yes oh my gosh you know if that wasn't <laughs> the most perfect demonstration example yep he knew yeah, about he like... loved flowers <laughs> And that was it. Nothing was going to stop him from going to, I don't know if there were actually flowers down there. I'm assuming he was running to some flowers or whatever. Nothing was going to stop him. I love that. I know. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. We're doing a video here. And he's like, bye. Yep. Because your agenda (laughs) means nothing to him. Yeah, exactly. You know, pleasing grandma does not matter at all. Yeah. And I just, of course, he cracks me up. And it, I, I have a, um, a YouTube channel called under the same name as this, Chris and Clark on Mass. And I actually did a video about this today. I was talking about how, cool. you know, he and I had had such a great morning, and and he was really showing me the beauty of narcissism, um, how wonderful narcissism is, and you know, this exorbit, uh, oh, the word exorbitant amount of <laughs> self love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to redo it for my video with him Mm -hmm. and I was trying to re-show it because it just was, it made me so giddy and it made me so happy and he would have nothing to do with that. Yeah. It's the past. Yeah. Yeah. Did that. Been there, done that. Let's run down the hill for whatever reason that two-year-old mind had. Yeah. And I know. That is great. You know, you know, we're, we're taught as educators are taught that certain children at certain age have a certain uh, attention span. Babies have a very short attention span. Toddlers have a little bit long. It's not attention span. It's I've already absorbed everything there is that I can possibly understand about that one item. Now you are boring the heck out of me. That's what it is. It is not a low, short attention span. No, no. Yeah. It's impatience with your dumb ass. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, are you? And it's so funny because in the video you can see his little face. He's like, the jury's still out on you, Grandma. (laughs) In this moment. Well, yeah, in that moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in that moment, he's kind of like going, "Eh, "Do I really want to play this game?" Nope. See ya. Right. Right. (laughs) And you know, I can't. I mean, you probably have the same experience. When I get a lot of blowback on this concept of do whatever it takes to feel good. Because, I mean, I've had people uh, give feedback along the lines of, well, if everybody did that, we'd all be out robbing banks and we'd all be out doing drugs and we'd all, and I'm, which is, of course, (laughs) where the skill comes from. None of those things feel good. If you really, if you really understood anything about what feels good, you would know that that doesn't feel good. But just like what you talked about yesterday, anger when anger comes up, when it's coming from the po- viewpoint of depression, anger does feel better. But you don't want to stay there because it's not a good feeling thing, you know, relative to everything else. But relative to depression, it actually does feel better. Yeah. And so well, it- learn to discern what feels better than what you're feeling right now. Not compared to what you've been taught, not compared to any rule or law, not compared to what you've done in the past or what you want to do in the future. Right now, how do I feel? you got to start there. And then what can I possibly do, think, feel, say, act, think, you know, go inside, go outside, meditate, whatever. What can make me feel a little bit better? That's it. It's so simple. It is simple as all get out. <laughs> I, my motto is life is simple, easy, and fun. Yes. And I love that. There was a, 
Yeah. And you are a walking personification of that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. No, no, thank you. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, and there was a time where I would I would just chant that. I'd be out mm. walking on a hill and I'd just be chanting life was simple, easy, and I'd make a little, you know, song or whatever. And then boom, something would happen to prove it to me. It would it'd be like, oh wow, life really is simple, easy, and fun. And I I just It's another I, table leg for your tabletop. You are a powerful <laughs> manifester. Yeah. Take something powerful you know, like music, which is very spiritual, and combine it with a thought and a, and a clear focus, and you cannot help but manifest whatever it is you're focused on. Yeah, I thank love you. This about you. Uh, thank you. I'm Me impressed. Too. I love this. <laughs> I know. I impress the fuck out of myself <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, there she is. There's the real Kristen. That's Kristen the mast right there. Oh, you and Mary are going to get along great on that level. <laughs> <laughs> She's from New York. <laughs> get oh. her to talk about it. <laughs> She's not actually from New York, but she lived there for a long time. I lived there for a year and a half, and then we went running, screaming back to California. <laughs> we were like, this snow is crazy stuff. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, I, oh, this is so good. This is so good. I'm like, like looking at my notes going, yeah, yeah, no, I don't need to ask any of that. <laughs> I've been there, done that. No, not interested in that either. <laughs> I am interested. You mentioned the couple on the cruise that you met. Yes. And you're saying there that you, that you, it changed things. Um, what did they do? They glowed. Go, oh. They glowed. They, they were there and they still do. I mean, Michael and Marie is their yes. names and they just glow. And I was just so naturally gravitated towards them. Well, and here's the action part. Okay. We went to dinner <laughs> all together the first night. It was a little restaurant, like right beneath where we were staying our flat. So we all ended up down there for dinner or no, excuse me. I'm thinking of a different, anyway, it doesn't matter. We were in dinner and I ordered lamb chops, which I don't order very often, but I just had a really strong, desire to order lamb chops and so they came and they were little little tiny pieces of meat little round medallion of meat within a bunch of you know gristle and a, and a bone right they were lamb chops they were delicious and I snarfed them down I was hungry and um you know ate por portions of whatever else was on my plate I don't remember what else was there I but well I ate everything else was there because I had this really clear recollection of these bones and this gristle and nothing else on the plate and so I had kind of pushed the plate you know away from me just an inch or two and we were all talking and Marie says um are you gonna are you finished with that and she's pointing at my plate and I'm like oh I am so sorry I I didn't think to offer you any of the meat there I'm sorry I've already eaten it I, I I you know we can order another one it was delicious and I'm like going along in that vein right and she's like no 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 I just want what's left and I was like, well, I, I'm, there's no, there's no meat left. I mean, to me, there was nothing left. Okay. Just to be clear, <laughs> there was no thing, no substance of value left on my plate to anyone other than a dog, you know, but I knew they didn't have a dog because we were getting ready to go on a cruise. <laughs> so she, so while she's, while we're having this discussion back and forth, her little fingers are like walking themselves across the table and now they've latched onto my plate and now they're slowly pulling the plate away from me and towards her. And I'm like, 
what are you going to do with it? I'm just curious. You can have it, but what are you going to do with it? She says, I'm going to have it for breakfast with this like, like just exhilarated tone. Like she was just glowing. Okay. Even more than usual. Like I'm going to have it for breakfast. And I was like, the fat, she says, yes. And I was like, okay. So the next morning when we had already gone and bought, uh, bought, um, eggs and bacon and whatever so we all had breakfast the next morning and she indeed had this this gristle along with everything else and that's what started the conversation they were on a modified their own version of a keto diet and um and so that's where i started i didn't stay on the keto diet but i started there and uh just followed I just followed my guidance through, uh, you know, a series of three or four different things with my own modifications. They were always different from, you know, what everybody else was doing. Just, you know, okay, oh, let's add this. Okay, let's take that away. Oh, I've noticed this doesn't feel very good. That goes out, you know, oh, what can I replay? Oh, yeah, let's do this. It was just, but that was where it started. You know, he told me all about all the research he'd done on keto diets and uh, modified for older women. And so I follow where I started was with what he had decided to do for the two of them, and especially what she what he had had her do. It just resonated. And that's where I started. And, and because they glowed, that's, I mean, and that one interaction <laughs> about the, uh, the lamb chops, that's really all it took. I mean, those were like clear signs from God. You know, it was like, there was no mistaking. There was no mistaking it <laughs> is a knowing. <laughs> and it's, and it was funny too. You know, it was, it was lighthearted and fun. There was nothing serious going on. That's, oh, that was, that's you know, uh, last year, I lost 44 pounds doing the keto and and of, you know, of all the diets I've ever done. I love that one the best. It's the I, most fun. It, 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 yeah. Eat an avocado. Yeah. But uh, guess what? Guess what? When I came home and I had started on the keto diet and then was having all the success and I started dating a woman, I had just met her and she was on the exact opposite like every the only thing that our diets had in common was green leafy vegetables that's it she was eating starches fruits no fat zero tolerance on any kind of fat no no spray oil just a little tiny bit no little pinch of cream in the coffee no fat whatsoever tons of starch tons of sugar you know like fruit and whatnot not like sugar sugar but like fruit and um no meat vegan and I was on the yeah. keto diet and she lost yeah. 120 pounds. Exactly. And she exactly. had so much fun. She loved it. You know, <laughs> in my book, Living from the Gush, the gush is exactly what you're doing here. You are, you're having such a good time talking about this. You're in the gut. You're gushing about yes. it, right? Yes. And when we're in the gush, it's like you said, those people glowed. And it's so funny because I'll, I'll be either visually watching or auditory hearing and I can hear when somebody gets in the gush. I'm like, they're glowing. I can <laughs> because it's just, it's such a palpable vibration you can feel. Yes. And in that book I was talking about, it doesn't matter what you're eating, but if you're doing it from the gush, you're going to get the results you're looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are, you have got it nailed right on the head. I couldn't say it any better. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Damn, we got a lot of drop the mic little situations <laughs> going on here. 
<laughs> I didn't know yeah. if I was allowed to drop the mic, so I didn't say drop Absolutely. the mic because it's your mic, you know what I mean? So well. oh, no. slam that baby. <laughs> Oh, you know, and I was talking about everything, whether it's a job uh, interview or a date or going for a run or whatever. If you're yes. not doing it from the gush, you're not going to have these great results. Absolutely. Not and even if it's not a physical thing, even if you're trying to decide whether to buy a house or which job to take or, you know, which schools to send your kids to or whatever, like the most intellectual, uh, cerebral process you can possibly think of gush first gush mm -hmm. you know make that decision from the gush like you're saying i love that phrase i'm gonna steal it from you go for it <laughs> and and i'll give people credit for your book you know of course but yeah. i'm gonna steal the phrase <laughs> so but yeah i love that i love that and and you have to be connected to your body enough you don't have to be perfect yeah but just enough to be able to feel that gush otherwise where are you? If you can't feel the gush, then that's just nonsensical nonsense, right? Yeah. Then yeah. it's a chore. Yeah. Or it's just confusing information that you yeah. might you know, be frustrated and try to imply, apply to your life and not know how. And then say, well, that darn Kristen, she didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> Dang it. I hate it when she does that. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, this, oh, this is so good. And, and, when I was channeling the dragon um, consciousness, I had done a program called losing weight with dragons and their emphasis was constantly that, it, that the word weight, it was about like the weight you're carrying on your shoulders. Sure. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Losing that first, losing all the drama, losing all that first. And back way back then I was just like, Oh, there's something so big in this. I love it. It's such a fan, but I couldn't quite get my teeth into the meat of that. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, now, and, and of course, Abraham says all the time, get in alignment first and then yes you know get in alignment first and yep. then absolutely and actually at the time I was not calling it losing weight it's something that I use because it's it's the phrase that everybody recognizes the most but I was actually calling it gaining desired levels of leanness Ooh, I would say go. I've gained another five pounds of leanness and people would kind of blink 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 like wait a minute what <laughs> Yes. I've gained another five pounds of leanness. Are you telling me you lost weight? Well, okay, yeah. that's another way of saying it. Yes. <laughs> that's like the old way of saying it. <laughs> you know, there's a, a famous hypnotist. I can't remember her name, but she taught, she's really big on how you use words. And the word lose tends oh, to have yeah. a negative connotation. So well, she yeah. says, re yeah, release, you know, I released and, uh, you know 15 pounds or whatever and i i was just like yeah that's that's a good idea too yeah well for me at the time even the word weight was there was too much resistance about it i didn't want to lose anything like you said but i also didn't want to focus on the weight that's why i was yeah. focusing on the leanness i've gained you know and of course the five pounds you know can kind of come and go depending on how well in alignment i'm feeling at the at the moment i might refer to the five pounds or i might just say oh i'm gaining leanness all the time i'm gaining more and more leanness you know it's just so fun this is fun to gain leanness you know because you can <laughs> if you think about it you can gain leanness by gaining muscle because muscle is leaner than fat or you can gain muscle by losing fat 
or you can gain yeah. leanness just by kind of trimming down, like even water weight, you know, makes you feel more lean. So losing inflammation or, you know, reducing inflammation or whatever it is. So, so I, I agree completely with your, your hypnotist lady friend, the, um, the word, the power of the word is that, I mean, of course, it's the vibration behind the word, because I could say any yes. word right now in total alignment and have it not mean what it what it might mean to other people. You know, like we were talking about the word murder yesterday. That's that's not a, a, a word that usually I would ever use, but I've also uh, practiced. I've had two and a half weeks now to practice taking <laughs> the charge out of that particular word just because that's, you know, that's better for me. That feels better. It's the only reason to do it is because it feels better. Yes. Yes. Well, like the word suicide. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wrote a whole book that I haven't felt uh, brave enough to put out yet. And it's called um, Suicide and a Steak Dinner. And it, <laughs> I love it already. I can't, I can't wait. I can't you must anything. publish. Know, you must publish. This is a mantra. You must publish. <laughs> got to get this out you know and it because it's there is it's it's such a taboo word and it's just like we 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 got to take the seriousness out of this hence the the and you know hence that title um but it and that's exactly a friend of mine uh is a transgender and her name's Roxanne Swainhart and she was a powerful powerful channeler and um, I was dealing with a lot of, re you know, manifesting over and over uh, desire for suicide. And it, 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 it got to where it pissed me off because <laughs> I was just like, I'm like, <laughs> good. This, I know it's like this again, come on, I'm over this. And I was like, how do I stop this momentum? Well, yeah, you know, you're thinking about it. Guess what? So yep. I reached out to her and I, I was just like, um, and she wasn't channeling anymore. And we were just chatting about this. And she goes, you know, she goes, you're just making too big of a deal out of it. She goes, just don't look at it as anything more powerful than a steak dinner. She goes, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just like a steak dinner. Don't take, don't need to take front page news out on it. And mm -hmm. I was just like, oh my God, there it is. I love mm -hmm. it. And of course, mm -hmm. use the whole thing with that. And I said, I'm, absolutely. I told her, I said, I'm stealing that. And, you know, of course, <laughs> she's getting a kick out of the fact that I wrote a whole book on this. And, it, you know, it, 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 it really, because when I was interacting with uh, these desires of suicide, it meant so much to me, but I couldn't talk to anybody about it because people, oh my God, we got to, you know, we got to get you help. Oh my God. Right. You know, this is, this is the end of the world. And, you know, it's like, oh my God. You do drama really well. <laughs> I'm really good at it. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> And so it, it really was wonderful to be able to talk to somebody who was like, oh, geez, it's no bigger than yeah. dinner. And yeah. yeah, I so, yes, I love that. And I love that you were able to go there with the term murder um, because it's it it is like you said, you know, uh, she was also another one who. No, it wasn't her. It was the dragons. Uh, a friend of mine, I had done a uh, webinar. And she channeled angel angelic energy and I was channeling dragon. We thought, what a great combination. Yeah. Well, at one point, one of the people in the webinar um, got upset because the, you know, I, 
I cuss. <laughs> I'll say, I'll drop an F-bomb, no problem. Mm-hmm. And um, they left and they they said to her later on, I was very disappointed that, you know, we were allowing, you know, fuck to go in there because that is such a negative energy. And at that moment, mm-hmm. you know, I could hear that the dragons are like, it was four letters making a sound. Any vibration that carries <laughs> after that is up to you. Yeah, I, absolutely. What a great, I love that right? sentence. Okay, I'm stealing that one too. Oh, I know. And my girlfriend who channels the angelic, she was like going, she goes, oh my gosh, I love that. She goes, because I like dro- dropping F-bombs and I'm thinking I shouldn't if I'm channeling angels. And I'm like, they just don't care. They don't care. And she goes, I'm going to start doing that from now on. I said, yes, if it feels good. If you know, sometimes just saying good, the word good, when you're explaining something, isn't, isn't going to do it. You got to put a fuck behind that. And and, (laughs) there's the energy. And (laughs) no, I, you know, it really, like you said, do whatever it takes to feel good. And I was, I was teasing, I was talking with Karen and, mark the other day and i had said that i told that story to karen because i guess their cat they're not allowed to cuss in front of their cats and i was like <laughs> i was like karen cats don't care that's it's hilarious letters making a sound <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it it really oh my god i mean and, it, and when you look at the implications of of okay i'm the one assigning the vibration to any and everything whether oh this is negative this is positive this is good Mm -hmm. this is bad it that Mm -hmm. opens up a whole can of worms of where we can go from there that's like Mm -hmm. okay that means there's more than you know there's joy ain't the ceiling you i can feel more right. than that right yeah yes yeah yeah vibrate even bigger and and depression can feel like joy because i'm the one assigning oh this is negative oh this is low on the emotional scale i'm the one Mm -hmm. assigning the definitions to what that means. that's right you're making every story you're creating it you are the creator (laughs) you're creating every story i'm the god here hello yes you are yes you are (laughs) hello look at me i'm glowing Oh, I love your term gaining leanness, though. It's almost a, one of those don't say it five times fast. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't trip off the tongue easily. No, no leanness. Uh, yeah, but, but I, it was fun at the time. <laughs> gaining leanness. Oh, hell yeah. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. And I also love that you, were, you said the word snarfed in there, too. <laughs> did i use the word snarf i don't you remember did. that you did <laughs> you said so i like it so much i had to write that one down <laughs> <It's hilarious. laughs> okay well this has been fantastic and before we end i want to pick your brilliance a little bit okay so um i was listening to a and this is completely out of left field of course because that's me I was listening to Abraham and they were somebody in the hot seat was saying uh, that their roommate, they were trying not to take, take what their roommate said personally, because they understood, you know, it's, it's their stuff, not mine. It's her issue, not mine. And Abraham's just like, Hey, wait a minute. 
it's always your issue. It's never theirs. You're the creator here. You're vibrating. What did you attract to you? So, you know, they made that very clear. And I loved mm-hmm. that. I was like, yes, you know, it, it's, you know, everything coming at us is our own creation. So I loved that. Absolutely. Yeah. But in one, a long time ago, they had said, people will love you and people will hate you. And none of it has anything to do with you, which, right. of course, which I also absolutely adore. But I'm like, this is going into a bit of a contradiction in terms in my brain. And I'm like, I'm going to have to ask Ramona, see if it doesn't. No, that's not a contradiction because they're talking from two different perspectives. Yeah. In other words, if I love you, it's about it's about me because I'm seeing in you whatever it is I see in you. And it's whatever in me that I happen to love. Yeah. So that's about me. It's not about you. Yeah. But if you're the one that's being bothered by your roommate, it's not about them. It's about you because you're the one having the experience. Yes. So it's so when it's coming from your perspective, it's always just about you. You are creating absolutely everything that's happening. Yeah. When it's their perspective, they're the one that's creating. So in other words, I can't create for you and you can't create for me. Yeah. 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 that still didn't answer my question (laughs) what was your question then I've got I'm like I've got to verbalize this a little better I don't you know it's in my head it's when they say none of it has anything to do with you I'm like well wait a minute no that's not true everything has to do with me everything I'm perceiving this person I'm perceiving this person loves me I'm perceiving this person hates me Okay, but that again, that's I'm going to stand by my answer. Your perception of their loving you, that's you. Their perception of them loving you or hating you or whatever, that's them. Yeah. It is so like, it is so important to remember whose perspective it is. And and I think this is a great conversation. This is probably the best conversation of the entire session here. Okay, (laughs) because take a look at this election. The, the never-ending election. <laughs> so people are so upset with each other because they keep looking at everything the other person says or does through their own lens. Yeah. And, you know, one of the first things that attorneys, for example, learn is to argue both sides of a case. You have to, even if you're pro, let's say pro-life down the line, you have to go in and argue a pro-choice standpoint and you have to argue it to win it. Because your grade depends on how many of these you win, and just like in real life. So, um, and the same thing, if you're pro-choice, then you're, you're forced to go in and argue a pro-life stance. And I think that's really great training that most of us don't get. And I'm not proposing we all become lawyers because there's <laughs> other trainings in there that, you know, maybe not so helpful. But that one, being able to, to separate your own perception, your own your own vibration from from someone else's vibration i mean that's essential you walk into a room and somebody's you know in the middle of a conniption fit and you can say yeah i attracted that because i walked into the room but on the other but you know that's not really helpful information except for in the long term overarching you know understanding of what's going on but in the right now now you've got to figure out how to maintain your high vibration and, and, you know, escape or, or elevate or dis- diffuse or whatever it is that, that feels the most natural, feels the most good for you to do. But that's a skill. And the very first part of that skill is to not get sucked into the other person's vibration, yeah. to let them bring you down wherever they are. So understanding the perception 
of uh, the perspective of whose vibration is it, whose perception is it, is really, really important. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, that good. good. I, I expected you to keep going there. For I was like, "Ooh, she's on a roll again." Here she goes. I love it. I love it when she. Well, goes. I looked up and I saw that we're actually at talk about one eleven. We just hit one eleven eleven. I know. I saw that too. <laughs> so, so I saw we were over time. Well, so that's mostly care. why I stopped. But I also had made my point. But I didn't get a mic drop. I noticed. <laughs> now I'm sad. <laughs> Is she going to keep going? Man, she's on a roll. This is good. Oh, yeah. No, it really, um, I, 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 no, I love that too. I love what you just said. It, it's, and for me, I, I always hear in my mind, um, there's nothing serious going on. <laughs> whenever yeah. I get in those quandaries, Isn't that beautiful? I know. Whenever I get in those quandaries, I either hear, stop taking it so seriously. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. you will understand mm-hmm. it at some point. You don't need to understand now. Just let it go. And it's like, okay, you're right. This is more fun. Let's go skip it on down a hill. You want to hear the kinesthetic version I have for oh, that? Absolutely. Do you remember when we were kids? I guess the kids still have them today. There was something called, um, what were they called? They were called building blocks, I think. They were cardboard, brick-looking, brick-printed um, things about the size of a cinder block. Yes. They looked like small bricks and we made forts out yeah, of them. You know, you had 20 or 30 of those. Okay, so there's nothing serious going on here. I love the the kind of kinesthetic visualization of me being inside a box that looks so solid because they're made to look like bricks, right? And they're kind of big, you know, they look hefty. And they're and I've put them all around me and I've built a wall, you know, they're they're spaced, you know, it, you know, offset, you know, so that you the, the one block covers the seam of the blocks beneath it, you know, yes. just like you'd build a brick wall. It looks very solid. It's very convincing. And yet all I do is push out my little two-year-old or three-year-old <laughs> hand and knock it over. And laugh. <laughs> and laugh. And run and play. <laughs> nothing serious going on here that that wall that i built that box that i put myself in nothing serious going on oh that was good now you get to drop the mic (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately i can't drop my mic i'm wearing it on my head (laughs) mine's just sitting in my lap (laughs) oh okay oh this was so 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 good i love it i love it i love it oh man there was so much juiciness in this this is fun very much i know very much i know i'm like going i could do this every day with ramona this is great (laughs) (laughs) oh wonderful remind me to tell you that sometime some other time when we're talking and just friends or whatever because i have a feeling we're going to be best friends for the rest (laughs) of our lives um remind me to tell you about breathing and trauma and and you know like when you're when you're really kind of overwhelmed emotionally, how important breathing is, and like that, whole, there's a whole big thing. I, I would go into it now, but it's like a whole big thing. But remind okay. me because I want to tell you about okay. it. Okay, it ties into some of the stuff we've talked about. Oh, sounds like another podcast. <laughs> well, we don't want to overwhelm the <laughs> <our> listeners. It's <laughs> Ramona again. <laughs> oh no, not Ramona again. <laughs> All right, honey. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming and playing with me again. This is just Thank you, Krista. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if you got to do this for a job? This is as I am. You know, 
<laughs> just imagine this good this amazing and i just kind of like want to throw this out to people that it is possible there's no yes. reason why you couldn't feel this freaking fantastic all day long either with somebody or without them absolutely yeah. i agree with you completely you're perfect i love you this is awesome right. and you're so much fun and that's the best part Yay. <laughs> I know. I'm a blast. I'm so glad I came into reality here with this, with this person, you know, myself. I, she's so much fun. I absolutely, every day when I get up and I look in the mirror, I'm like, I love you. You are so much fun. I'm so glad I'm here with you. That's great. Congratulations. That's beautiful. I I know. I know. Now, do you feel like robbing a bank right now? I'm just curious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wait where that comes from <laughs> he me that one. <laughs> that's the feedback that i get when i talk about just do whatever feels good then people say if i did that i would rob a bank oh, oh that's true. i totally lost that one <laughs> sorry that was too long ago that was like a million years I know, ago I, know. <laughs> I was like whoa did you hear my i came to a screeching halt on that one i went whoa. yes i heard that <laughs> oh lord i'm sweating this is so good (laughs) Uh, all right darling we'll have i know it's three hours ahead for you right now yes all right well have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you uh, You i can't wait to get this out me too thank you so much this has been so much fun i really appreciate it okay we're gonna do another one at some point i'm breathing (laughs) 